0: spoke over 30 minutes but basically it's like comply with yourself try that out see how that feels um and for me that was like make tea sit with the tea don't immediately hop on twitter when you do hop on twitter to uh write a little bit of poetry you know set yourself a timer and for me that was like another 12 minutes and then it was like okay get your ass out into the sun southwestern pa doesn't always have sun um and i feel good about my life choices So that's nice. I got a handful of edible garlicky uh, bush spinach, and uh, I'm gonna go have some breakfast after this. Perhaps before 10. Alright, I hope y'all are having a very beautiful day, and uh, I think I might stick this at the beginning rather than the end, just so people have a sense of what's to come. Yeah. Okay, enjoy your life, Um, I wish you well. Is that a turtle? No, I think it's a leaf. Okay, bye. All right, so we're doing the thing that we did the other day Um, and I'm hoping that the audio is gonna be a heck of a lot better because I'm using headphones today and we're gonna see if, I'm thinking the wired ones are gonna be better so i woke up this morning in the house that i grew up in from about mm, age 12 to um heading off to college and it was very surreal (laughs) because i have not i have not been i have not slept in this house aside from last spring i think like one night (sighs) because of, you know, the strangeness of divorce and the feeling of not trying to pick sides, but just, you know, being a young human and trying to find some sort of correct course or stability amidst, you know, the kind of family unit you're used to changing um, pretty significantly. And so when I was 18, I, you don't, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but when I was 18, my parents uh, were either separated or divorced or something. Um, oh, we got garage echoes. This is not an effect, this is a garage. Um, and, you know, in a lot of ways, that was fine. Um, it's a little strange and sad, but that's just how things are sometimes. Um, and it's no more strangeness and sadness than, you know, I think necessarily anybody else gets in their life. But woke up in my house this morning. What was I doing? Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about more, um... (laughs) artificially imposed limits and kind of the continuation of this experiment because i think that something that i realized as i was on the plane home from the bahamas last night um was that you know my dad and i have been talking a lot about purpose and contribution and you know kind of the differences in our value systems because for me you know unless something very catastrophic happens um of a pretty huge safety net in terms of both family and finance. Um, and so it lends us a very different, um, kind of incentive system for how we plan out our lives and our actions and, um... And one of the things that, you know, I continuously find myself saying to him is that, uh, one of the biggest things is that he deeply, you know, hated school. He did, it was not a place that was easy for him. Um, And like, not all school, like grad school was easier because it was more project-based and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, goodness, all of the uh, rhododendrons are starting to come out here. I'm, like, really curious to see how much spring will have, you know, gone into effect in Vermont uh, whenever I head back there. Um, I was going to say if and when, because uh, there is this kind of locational freedom for me right now, and luckily my concerns about COVID have dropped down a little bit, so the prospect of, you know, my dad going into his work is like less you know terrifying than it was not because things have gotten you know altogether less terrifying but just because my risk senses have shifted a little bit and I'm trying to figure out how to get my boots arranged so they don't hurt my ankles Um, but yeah so we both have a little bit different Or significantly different, you know, incentives. And I don't know if it's proper to say traumas around money and resources and status. Um, But mine are definitely more on the end of, like, how do you responsibly interact with what you have? And his were more on the lines of, you know, how do you get and then interact with what you've gotten, um, and of course, like it's easy to say that there's no wrong answers, um, but you know, you're trying to find the uh, the rightest answer or one that sits well with your soul. Um, and there we go. I guess we're going with running shoes. I guess we're staying maybe on the driveway today. Either that or we're going to get these muddied. Which is probably, you know, not my favorite. I did cross country in high school. And, uh, ooh, the wash is done. Maybe that's why there was a delay. (laughs) I love inventing. I love inventing causes for things that, you know, maybe are not caused. But it's not really inventing just kind of what makes you happy. All right, we're doing laundry together when I thought we were gonna do a walk. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I found out last time that uh, walking for an hour and talking didn't make my voice feel the best. Like it wasn't anything catastrophic, but it was also just like, hmm, you know, could have talked a little less and maybe been a little gentler on my voice. So I think we're gonna go with like half an hour today. And again, I'm having this moment of like, huh, maybe nobody wants to hear about this, but nobody has to listen. Aside from me, and for me, this is helpful. I love clean laundry. Love, love, love clean laundry. I need one of these hangers that have all these clips on it. I like it. Um, could probably hang laundry outside today. Gosh, I remember growing up, apparently there was some, like, ordinance against having a clothesline in your backyard or something. Like, it was some kind of, like, you know, not high-class thing to do. I can't even remember where that was, but I just remember somebody making a comment about it because I think we had a clothesline um, back at the first house where I lived that was pretty far back in the woods and like nobody was gonna be able to see it from the road. That I wonder if that was like, you know, something that my mom either worried about or like aggressively didn't care about because she had grown up in like a super rural area. And I wonder because I had a dryer. They didn't have a phone until she was like. You know, a certain amount of years old. It'd be interesting if Grandma and Grandpa prioritized having a dryer. Whoa, that was a noise. Okay, let's see. The sweater spread out. Is that good enough? I don't even totally know how to dry the sweater. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. just so wide. We just swing it over the top. That seems reasonably effective. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, look at that. All right. We love a we love a simple success. <sighs> but the core thing this morning is that I realized on the plane ride home and talking with my dad about like purpose and contribution and all of these things that really matter to him, and that do matter to me, Um, and we were having a conversation about, like, you know, if it was that I really value working with individuals, you know, his thought process on that is, like, it's really hard to make a sustainable living working with individuals, and also to, you know, make the biggest possible impact, and I was like, you know, who's to say, though? Because individuals can make a pretty significant impact. And, like, if that feels like the call, you know, and I don't think I'll ever really be working with individuals as a writer. Because, you know, I think the work with individuals is just to not fill time, but, you know, sustain my soul and give me things to think about and things to write about without having to kind of attend to an intensity of, like, distributed responsibility like I did as a teacher, Um, because whenever I'm working with people, I, you know, I want to say it's like a work hard, play hard thing, but I really pay a lot of attention, you know, if somebody is interesting to me and somebody, you know, feels like my attention might be of use, or, you know, sing a harmony of a sort, um, and that always is, you know, some of the best feelings that I think I have in my life is, you know, working with people either in a mentorship role, or a partnership role, or a, you know, or a teaching role, but my teaching tends to be very, uh, (laughs) <laughs> what do you want to do, you know, how are you interested in getting there, where are you stuck, um, which, people keep pointing me back and back and back to this idea of life coaching, and, uh, maybe it's not the worst idea, Then it's questions about, you know, do you go get certified, where do you go with that, and then there's questions about, like, it's just gonna be like a, everything else you've ever been interested in and it's gonna lose its lose its sheen after a while. But who knows you know maybe I should just look at the certification for it and just go do it because it really is the thing that keeps singing to me you know that and the writing stuff. God, it feels good to be outside. The Bahamas were like shockingly warm. Um, and sunny And like I got sunburnt for the first time since I was probably little little um, Because the first chunk of my time there I was just like, you know, maybe like maybe I'm able to kind of tell, you know when the Sun is You know getting to the point where it's burning me and so I was paying a lot of attention to like how my skin felt But then as you know that attention waned and I was paying attention to other things or on windy days when you couldn't feel that kind of sizzle <laughs> um like yesterday uh my dad and i were went 200 miles in a 40 foot i guess i don't know if you'd call it like a sports fisherman but it's like a little boat little boat you know little's all relative but across the atlantic from the bahamas and uh there was wind the whole time, and I ended up with sunburn on the back of my neck, probably from the sweatshirt I was wearing, kind of rubbing it off. But that's a beautiful wood pile. It's just a beautiful wood pile. I'm taking a picture of that wood pile for, for you. I don't even know if there's going to be a place to share it, but that's a beautiful wood pile. <laughs> I also discovered something yesterday. That uh we are going to get to what I discovered on the plane, but I um, discovered something yesterday with talking to my dad on the boat, which was that, like as he noticed things and kind of described the, you know, natural world, what is natural, but also, you know, the like world around us, and he described the waves. it was just like this kind of wash of calm. like there's something in me that is deeply in love with the experience of other people describing nature to me and with me. Um, Oh, the violets are up. You can eat violets. I don't know if you knew that, but you know that now. Um, You can eat pretty much anything if you want to try, but uh, they won't upset most people's stomachs. So that's something you know now. Um, I'm actually walking down this path to see if the ramps are up. And ramps are... I think they're in the onion family, um but they you know you can saute the leaves, you don't want to pull up the roots um even though you know the roots are also edible because it takes them like seven years to mature or something like that um and wow, that's beautiful that's a moth just chilling huh um. just kind of relishing today because I'm in a very, you know, comfortable kind of, not default mode of my mind, but it feels both familiar and expansive, and there's a few things that I enjoy more than a combination of familiarity and expansiveness when it comes to my mental state, which I think is the allure of having other people describe nature to me. Like, one of my favorite encounters ever with my friend Nicholas was we went to, we went on a walk and I asked him all kinds of interesting questions. Um, cause I just didn't know him very well at that point, but, um, my friend Cecilia had like match friendship match made us and had been like, look, y'all are going to get along super well. Um, and she was totally correct. And he is still like one of the people that like I trust most with like I just feel like physically safe with um which is lovely and he's and also like humorously safe with like I feel like I can you know say pretty much anything um and we can sit very much on the edge of too much and twirl and cackle and you know I can be my most irreverently spiritual version of myself in the context of that friendship um and it's really cool but uh where are we going with this oh yeah um I remember standing by the water and I don't even remember if I asked him to describe the water but he started describing the water and like I feel like we talk a lot about you know what is it to you know, have love at first sight, and, like, this, like, very intense feeling of, like, romantic distraction and, like, meant-to-be-ness, um, but that was very much this, like, sense of, like, I don't know, like, is it maybe a different sort of falling in, uh, like, falling in attention? I don't, I don't know, where it was, like, wow, you know, I could attend to this person's words happily, like, there's a, quote that was up on a banner outside the globe theater um that said you know something about uh i love this place and would willingly waste my time here um or it's like you know i i love this person and would willingly spend my time ear (laughs) like (laughs) ears you hear out of um i don't know yeah, I love listening to people describe the world, even by proxy. Like, um, my friend Will was reading me, uh, I think it's Edward Abbey, um, <laughs> whoever is a curmudgeonly lover of the American Southwest. Um, and he was reading about snakes and rats and, and talking about, you know, going out really early in the morning to get to the farthest uh, expanses of land. Uh, in the parks, and to be there alone before it got hot and full of you know other tourists and uh i just I just love that, and like I mean that guy can like describe like you know an apple pie that he made, and I'm perfectly content to just sit there and I think you know I think part of it is that as a you know somebody who likes words to have somebody who can offer you the estrangement of their own words like i love 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 listening to these messages that i feel very blessed to call him my friend uh that reuben jackson will send me um over oh trout lilies hello friends um big thanks to uh I believe it was Michael Katz who introduced me to trout lilies uh, on a like little free Sierra Club hike. They they have these spotted leaves that are rounded on each side and come to a point. Is that ramps? I don't know. I'm not going to go up and visit those ramps. I would like close ramps, please. Um, <laughs> I think those might be. Oh, they added scuff cabbage. Um, where was I going? Michael Katz, but before Michael Katz, trout lilies, um, can't remember, must not have been important, but, um, oh gosh, spring in southwestern Pennsylvania is so lovely, especially on days like this, where it's, like, perfectly blue sky sunny, which is... A rare luxury in this state, which I have a tendency to call, like, landlocked Seattle or landlocked Portland. Ooh, okay. Uh, no, these are not ramps. These look like lilies of the valley, so ramps are always paired, or at least when I've seen them, they've been paired. Um, maybe these are ramps. All right, so let's smell them. Oh, these are ramps nice wow oh it smells so good they smell just like garlic and marvelousness I wish I had a, uh, uh you know clippers to be able to clip them but instead I'm just gonna gently pull leaves because I think this is gonna be breakfast um the bases of them are like this kind of slightly reddish color. Wow, this is a treat. Yeah, no, I am curious because these seem to be growing in threes, but they do smell like ramps. I don't think Lily of the Valley smells like anything and they're all growing together. Feels good to just pick them one leaf at a time. (laughs) Makes me want to stay in Pennsylvania for longer just for the enjoyment of it, but it's like. Oh, this is so nice. I don't know, I've been reckoning a little bit, not reckoning, reckoning makes it sound like a, you know, like a a rough thing, like something in the process is going to die and maybe I should uh, not be so afraid of killing things. I was talking with uh, my new friend, Sean, in the Bahamas about uh, video games, (laughs) and he was telling me about PUBG and Grand Theft Auto, and I played PUBG for a few seconds, and you know died pretty quickly luckily there was other people on the team who were good but we were just doing the training mode and uh he was like look you really need to learn how to kill people and I'm just like um that's uncomfortable because I just really you know I don't even like killing people in video games it just doesn't doesn't appeal to me and uh my sense of fun I would rather you know Slowly, but surely, take the chlorophyll life- blood of plants with my bare hands, charming, right? I wonder I don't think you can eat them raw. Probably wouldn't kill you. These are like perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm like, yeah, I could take a lot of different leaves at a time, but there's something very peaceful about taking them a few leaves at a time. And there's more all over the place. They're kind of, like, rare and lovely. Like, if you have a patch of them, you don't necessarily want to, I don't know, that's something about, I don't know whether to call it bushcraft Um, is this tendency to like preserve your spots and you know I think about the tension between being a guidebook writer and uh, also somebody who loves privacy and I feel like that's one of the writer's primary primary dilemmas too Um, is that uh, wish to guide and the question of you know how much guide how much discovery you have that question as a teacher too and i think a lot of teachers resolve it by you know going to the place of well it's easier to write a guidebook than it is to watch somebody go through the uh sometimes painful process of discovery. I was thinking about pain this morning because I woke up with kind of a stiffness in my knee and had the urge to explain it. (laughs) I was like, I know I sat with my legs crossed on the plane yesterday, and I know my chiropractor has told me not to sit with my legs crossed because it causes weirdness um, and, you know, unpleasantness and something, you know, is going to go wrong. And so, you know, I was going to that explanatory place. And also, all of these, like, uh, what do you call it? All these ramps are, like, freshly washed. Like, they still have dew on them. Because I'm up in the morning because I went to sleep at, like, 8 last night. Which is so unusual. But I'm listening more to cues. You know, when my body's like, so you could close your eyes and just go to sleep right now and it wasn't easy last night actually i kind of tossed and turned a lot but i did wake up rested and i heard my dad's alarm go off which it was like ah you know for whom does the bell toll it tolls for thee and i don't actually know what that's a reference to but i know it's a reference to something um (laughs) so i let the first one go off and i let the second one go off and i let the third one go off, and I was like, by the time the third one went off, I was like, okay, it's time. (laughs) Whenever I see heart-shaped rocks, I'm like, ah, yes, I'm on the right track, which, you know, is uh, an imperfect divining mechanism, but it's about as perfect as anything else, right? I Just saw something that was vaguely heart-shaped. Anybody who argues with me about whether a rock is heart-shaped is uh, simultaneously valid and also, like, quit it. I think it's heart-shaped. It's fine. Um, But when I was on the plane, uh, the thing that I did realize was that I like having someone tell me what to do. So my dad was suggesting, you know, maybe go get a sales job or, you know, give yourself something to uh, work on a project with a broader team um and while there's a part of me that would like you know to work on a project with a bigger team that is not a very loud part (laughs) I really like my time alone and I'm reminded of it more and more you know every time I spend time around other people because I really love spending time around other people um And I spent, you know, two weeks doing it for the first time in a long time over the course of this vacation. Um, And everything, you know, everything costs something, right? You know, a little bit of energy, or maybe it gives you energy. Um, I'm trying to decide if this is a big enough fistful of leaves. got a couple of minutes left. I'm quite enjoying talking though. So I'm trying to decide how much to keep talking. But the thing that I realized was that I like someone telling me what to do. Um I like the <laughs> the <laughs> the thrill of effective compliance, (laughs) where it's like, ah, yes, somebody who has told me something that I think is worthwhile to do, I have done it. And they have, you know, justly approved of my having done it. And bringing that process to my internal world, I think is, you know, going to be the trick of perhaps the rest of my life but you know I'm thinking of it as today right (laughs) what is something that's worthwhile doing and you know how do I do it so I woke up you know every time I've ever done Marie Kondo's kind of visioning process of like what is a life that lifestyle that would bring you joy um I've pretty much always started my day with a warm beverage and uh that was something that was highly recommended to me <laughs> when I was in um, the Bahamas by my new friend and his cool mom. His cool mom was like, look, you got to eat something before 10 or you're going to end up with gas. And I was like, thank you for that. I am going to, you know, <laughs> make sure I eat something. It might, might, might not always be before 10, but, you know. experimenting with taking other people's advice but this morning I woke up made some green tea threw in some laundry went upstairs and you know I had this decision I was like you know I feel like meditation in the morning is a good plan and I looked up you know body skin green like body skin for tea sipping and then it was like let me tell you what an MRI of somebody sipping tea looks like and I'm like this is not what I was looking for and so I decided to just, you know, sit and recognize that, you know, I had enough of my own internal mindfulness practice to know what the process was. It was just, like, open attention to what's happening in the present. And I heard birds outside through the window. And I heard, you know, some kind of mechanical thing click in. And I heard, you know, my own breath. And, you know, the kind of tweaks and gurgles of my digestive system. And, all right, well, I won't take that leaf because you've got a spider attached to it. And I would like to respect that spider's domain, even if I scared the heck out of him by taking another leaf. Um. Selectivity of respect too has been interesting, where it's like, hmm, do you respect someone by trying to anticipate their needs, or do you respect some respect somebody by leaving them alone? Hello, bluebells. <laughs> nice to see you. There's a lot of you. I think you're like kind of endangered. Cardinal, hello. Um yeah, so getting getting compliant to my own sense of uh The good life is uh, an interesting time, and it's an interesting time when it's, you know, at least in the short term, not score-kept by financial concerns. Ooh, fiddleheads. I wonder if the spot where I found fiddleheads last year that were already overgrown, we could have ramps and fiddleheads.